Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, it's that week again. Hello, Power Partners. It is Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Whitney. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. And we are so happy that you are our power partners at our power party. In today's show, we're going to be talking about some really interesting things. First of all, hotel room germs. Heather's going to bring that up in health matters. What is lurking on the carpets in the bathrooms and even the remote controls? We're going to find out the art of listening and why we've lost it and how we can get it back. And finally, we're also going to talk about the 21st Annual Screen Actors Guild Awards that are going to be broadcast live this coming Sunday. What's up? What I voted for? And uh, all that good stuff, how it compares to the Oscars. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Chair. You can make a donation by going to bethestarur.org. And this is a, um, a miracle moment from George Burns. It's better to be a failure at something you love than to be a success at something you hate. <laughs> I can kind of agree okay. with that, right, Heather? I mean, who wants to do something that you hate? I mean, I, I'm all about no, just No, I actually, I, today um, I had some, uh, like, morning talk radio thing on the radio. Anyway, they were talking about food, and they said, you know, you know eating and overeating, and they said, someone said, you know, I'd rather, uh, one person was saying, like, I'd rather have lots of food, and someone said, I'd rather have, uh, you know, a little bit of something that I love so much, like such a delicate, you know, delicious thing, than a giant platter of something that I hate. And it's like, oh, that is so true. So you know, I I I completely agree with that. It's like I had a little piece of uh, chocolate, actually a chocolate truffle, which I just adore, and it Mm -hmm. was so satiating. And I'd rather have just that one little small piece of chocolate. 
then a great big bar of something like something I don't you like care less for, you know. Exactly. Yeah, I don't like milk chocolate, for example. So I'd rather have one piece of dark chocolate, a little tiny piece. Yeah. So I think that's <laughs> such a great quote, and it's really important to think about that because when we do talk about success, the things that we are the most successful in are things that we're passionate about. So, you know, I've always been a big believer, no matter how hard we work at things, you know, if you're not good in math, you're just not good in math. So, you know, yeah, I don't think it's it's good to just kill yourself trying to be good at something that it's just not in you. Instead, be great at what you love. Anyway, I think that's my that's my message for the day. So you know, we're this is that time of year in winter time. A lot of people are traveling. There's either um, what do you call them, the snowbirds, you know, that want to go to sunshiny places, or vice versa. People are going to the snow. So a lot of people are staying in hotels or the you know in B and Bs or the new the new thing the what is it called Airbnb. Um, in all these things. But when we travel, I think we would be really surprised by the bacteria that is on the bedspreads and, you know, just the dirt that is lurking around places, even in five-star establishments. So I want you to give us some information on how we can kind of stay bug-free and clean and what to do. What's the first thing you do when you get to a hotel room? Oh, my gosh. Well, one, after finding out all this stuff, it makes you just sort of feel like you ugh, you never want to leave home. And not to say that even your home is as clean as we think we are. We've talked about it before. There's that, that uh, weird thing that we kind of put in ourselves, just as you said with the luxury hotels, that we sort of think our friends, you know, we're, we're scared of strangers' germs, but we sort of feel like our friends, you know, their germs are fine or normal, and we feel like our house is a safe place. And also to think that, you know, versus a luxury resort, um, versus maybe some kind of little cheap motel. But that isn't true. You can't be biased when it comes to germs because they are everywhere. So the first thing you should do, now this might sound a little, you know, retentive and being kind of slightly obsessive, but a great thing beyond just traveling with, uh, you know, hand sanitizer is to either travel with or purchase when you get there some kind of disinfectant spray, like a Lysol. They even make little travel sizes because they know people <laughs> do this. So a Lysol disinfectant spray, um, something that has alcohol in it, like a rubbing alcohol, because you know that kills everything. So the first thing you want to do is and how get about there, those wipes? Spray I like to I like to travel with those Clorox wipes. Yeah, you and know? you know, and actually. Actually, kind of to backtrack one sec there is those actually those wipes. I actually do have some of those wipes with me. And the great thing is those wipes are really good from getting on your travel thing is um, once you're on the plane of wiping down your little uh, carry, what are those called, carry down trays, your that you know the tray that you eat the food on. That's uh, the, the whatever the tray. Right, they're just the called the trays. You know, just yeah, the airline trays. Down but, tray, whatever that oh, thing right, because those the are wipe, like really filthy. So are the headphones and the pillow. That's why they don't have pillows there anymore because they were getting so dirty. Exactly, exactly. So is to wipe those down. Is to wipe down your surface area there. So starting fresh there. Saying that you take care of that once getting to the hotel. First thing, wipe down doorknobs. Um, wipe down remote controls. Um, the next thing to um, and also another good thing too is if 
uh, not to put your suitcases down directly on the floor. You know, there's been those big uh, situations with all the bed bugs um, that was recently. And how that happens is that you sit down. A lot of times you'll associate it just with your bed. Well, if you put it on the bed or if you put it on the floor, um, there's the possibility of them getting into your, and there's these tiny little guys that love dark little crevices. So they'll get into your suitcase, then you take your suitcase home, and then it gets into your room and you get to bed, and they are a nightmare to get rid of. Um, the, I don't know if it was a year or it was a few years ago. There was a huge sort of epidemic to break out that happened within the country, and it's just a hot It's mess. horrible. And, you know, and I wanted to say something about bed bugs there, too, and other bugs, since you were also talking about home. Uh, recently, my vacuum cleaner for the upstairs broke, and so I went to the vacuum place, and I thought, well, maybe I'll just buy a repurposed vacuum because I didn't really want to spend the money on a new one. Yeah. And the first thing that the vacuum place told me is they stopped selling repurposed vacuums or regen because of the problem of bed bugs because and so Ugh. this is something really important for people to know if you have a cleaning lady for example do not let them bring their own vacuum have your own vacuum because a vacuum can transport oh. bugs oh my god and, and bacteria from one house to another i i just had to throw that in here so no, and i know, found that out this week <laughs> and, and then one thing you know i actually want to piggyback on that and say is it being a new year and stuff that um i think i was talking before that so we have one of these awesome vacuum cleaner i don't know what the brand is but you know you see everything being sucked up it, it isn't with the one that the kind that's in the bag it has the kind that you know you open you can see it and you dump it out well, anyways, a few months ago. Is it called ago, a shark? Actually, is it called a shark? That's what I just no, bought. No, no. You know, it's one, there's like those commercials for them and everything. Oh, okay. Like, All right. Hi, I don't know, some brand. It's a, like, you know, it's like a it's like a $400 vacuum, but it's it's like, the God, I love it so much. So anyways, uh, love it so much, but in the last few months, I started noticing there was almost like a, a smell that I felt like after a vacuum, it smelled like mildewy. So at first I had just cleaned out underneath. I took out the bottom part and I cleaned out the bottom part and there was like sludgy stuff. Like, oh, my God, so gross. So anyways, it started, then the smell went away. But recently it just kind of felt like it didn't have that oomph to it. And I was really concerned maybe we need a new vacuum. And lo and behold, I'm kind of looking at it and I see there's these parts you can uh, take apart. Long story short, I took it apart and there's this whole thing on the side that says like you should basically be cleaning cleaning out this like every two months. And I'm not, It's the not, filter, not, right? You're supposed to no, wash the filter. I'm talking about like washing this everything. I so basically I took apart the whole thing, washed it, soaked it. I mean, the, it basically it's like a car filter during black. So once everything dried, now it's like a brand new vacuum. This thing is insanely like, oh my god, the power! I'm like, oh god, I just love vacuum again. And but one of those things I realized we have so many things. That, again, you think things are clean and you just use it. So that kind of brings it to think of how you know it, in hotels about you know what they're vacuuming with, uh, the things that come into contact and whatnot, and just you know as we're kind of saying is that you know luxury high price doesn't make things um, more cleaner, and so. You know, one of the things, though, you know, you step in your hotel, once, you know, first wash your hands, um, you know, the doorknobs, any, you know, the remote controls. We've talked about that within your own house, the remote control is a is a huge bacteria thing. Um, also, I mean, again, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but going to the sinks, washing those down. If there are those little cups and mugs, if they're sealed in those plastic bat like a, a sealed thing, and normally there's little things on there that says, like, sealed for your safety, if those don't exist, Give them a wash. Same thing, even, you know, when you're renting a house thing, feel free, wash dishes, do things, you know, dust things. You have no idea just because things seem, 
you know, have the outside appearance of clean or safer doesn't necessarily mean that they are. Um, then, you know, inspecting the room, the bathroom. Oh, you know what? One second while you're piggybacking, or, as we're yeah. piggybacking on things, when you said that about wash things anyway, that's a really important thing. If you're renting a house and, in, you know, for a week or something and it comes and you're in the kitchen and it has all the utensils, the first thing I do is I like to rewash all the dishes and all the cups and all the because you don't really know how they were put away before. Same thing with and towels thing, and that kind of and thing. And thing. Exactly. And the main point when it comes to sheets, and that's, you know, I feel in general we're such big people of I like to wash the sheets at least once a week. I try every three to four days, um, but no matter what, once a week. And then the big thing, you know, is the big the comforters, the duvets, that those probably get once a month. Probably should be more often, but they're just such a hassle to get back in. But um, the sheets, you know, I just feel, you know, you sweat. People don't realize that you sweat. Your skin cells come on bacteria. Think of the times if you're sick or if your partner's sick is in bed. Um, I'm a big person. I like to shower every, that's like my one thing. I, I doesn't matter. I will shower or high water, I have to go to bed clean. Um, but that isn't for everyone. And think of, you know, maybe your partner isn't the same. So, you know, kind of considering considering those things um, of how what's in those sheets. And think of, you know, other people. For the most part, when you go to hotels, um, the sheets themselves tend to be clean. But the big thing um, is that little thing is, is your top sheet, is the actual bedspread. They've showed those things with the black light, and it's just disgusting because that's a rarity in places that that stuff is ever cleaned. Um, so, you know, the one thing you can actually call to a hotel, request request for them um, to, you know, bring you up a new one, um, or, you know, even just ask the maid service, you know, if this is something you can even ask them um, when doing, uh, you know, just to leave a note for housekeeping saying that, you know, you don't want the bedspread put on during your stay. I was um, just going to say, yeah, just take it off. Little... I just take it off. And that's one thing to tell, you know, that people really should know is whatever you do when you get to a hotel, do not, you know, do not lay down on that bedspread. <laughs> take it off. Yeah, and you know, and another thing too, you know, drapes are another big thing. You just think of all the dust that's accumulated these things, and um, and same thing, you know, with with the showers, wanting you know, there's a hot, you know a nice hot shower. Also, if you know, moist, wet areas are just giant uh, bacteria breeding grounds for stuff like that. So you know, think of all you know all those little things. I know you're so such the good cleaner when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, we always feel that, you know, where we're going to stay is going to have these nice luxuries to it, but that isn't true. And actually, you know, something that's interesting, um, I read an article saying, too, and I've actually been aware of this, and I, I, I'm such a big person with it. When it comes to washing your hands, a lot of places now to be more environmental, uh, environmentally friendly have uh, installed uh, the, you know, um, what do you call it, the little fans, you know, where you, you put your hands in instead of, instead of having having uh, paper, paper towels, but actually what happens is that the bacteria gets blown everywhere, and bacteria can be blown up to six uh, up to six feet away. So just think if someone's, someone else is washing their hand or that it's going to blow back onto you. Um, the best way, they say, that is, is washing your hands is to use a paper towel. Um, and, you know, too, because even with cloth towels, um, you know, I use cloth towels, and then I'm very big. I probably do uh, washing, she- uh, not sheets, but washing towels probably every two days. Um, because what happens, you wash your hands, it sits in the bathroom, it just gets it fills up with more bacteria. So, though it Well, and the cloth towels, that's something, too, if you go to a friend's house or, 
you know, you really should never really be touching cloth towels unless they are your own personal towel. And especially if you if there's cloth towels in a um, in a public restroom, like in a fancy hotel in Europe, they used to always just have cloth towels, even in the train stations. And they were just filled with horrible things. So you can get infections and eye infections. Just don't use them. Paper towels or don't use anything. Oh, my gosh. Completely. And, you know, the thing is just really inspect your place. And, again, you're paying money to stay somewhere. So really, you know, if, if you inspect the room and something's not right, tell them. Call them. This is what... This is what these things are for. And as well, you know, there's so many websites now, you know, you know, the Travel Zoo, uh, all that stuff, TripAdvisor, uh, not Travel Zoo, TripAdvisor is what I'm thinking of, um, where people sort of, it's sort of like a Yelp kind of thing that people can say, hey, you know, wow, this place was great. I mean, we recently, I won't name names because I don't want to say anything negative, but we went to a really nice upscale place, and the place was great. It was wonderful. Um, I guess this was uh, in September. And the thing, you know, with, with the heat and you had, anyway, there was a giant cockroach in the room. And I mean, oh, my God. And, again, those are the things that you think, you know, you complain about. And I'm sure it's because we have a balcony and it's hot and the bugs come in. But it definitely was one of those things you think, wow, you know, we're paying, you know, close to $300 a night for this place. And then there's these these bugs in the room. And, again, that just makes me creepy crawly, thinking, God, what if something gets in our bed, you know, in our staff coming home with us. So, I mean, price never, you know, doesn't discriminate when it comes to bugs. And, and as you know with things that uh, it sometimes is beyond, you know, the control of places. Here in our beach community uh, during the summertime, um, oh, my gosh, I am blanking out on the name. The, they eat through wood, those horrible little bugs. Oh, termites. Termites? Termites. There we go. Oh, yes. Thank there you. you. Go. That's what um, for what in the summertime, they just come out in full force. And uh, once it gets cold, they're, they're gone. But in the summer, it is a nightmare. And they will literally fall out of vents and come up through. Sea. I mean, it is disgusting. It's like a, this giant infestation. And, uh, but people, you know, are aware of it here. But it's, it's gross when you go into a restaurant and you see them, you know, on, on the, the sink. And, th- and it's one of those things that I think because as a local, I know that this, it's not that this place is dirty. It's, it's, you know, maybe someone just hasn't been in here in 10 minutes to clean those ones up. They can't, you know, eat, they try to control it, and they just keep coming back. It's just sort of like this beach thing. In the summer, they come, and then they leave, um, and then they sometimes leave big issues. Uh, but it, it just happens. So, you know, being aware, I mean, the, the great thing is just making other people aware of it in their establishments and just being mindful yourself because not only they're just sort of the growth, keep causing, but there are actually things, you know, you can get, um, you know, stomach flus. You can get norovirus. Um, you can even get staph infections from things. So, um, you know, it can kind of sound, you know, a ton of being so obsessive about uh, cleaning this stuff, but, um, you know, it's really, it's your health, and you know, nothing ruins a trip more than, you know, spending your entire trip inside being sick. So You know, and I saw, thought of another options. one, too, is the phones that are, besides the remote controls, the phones that oh, are in the God, rooms. Yeah. You know, because people are people are calling the front desk or they're out ordering room service or any of that. So I think the whole thing is, I mean, it's not that where you have to be obsessive, but you really have to be um, aware, I guess, is yeah. the most important thing. Because, yeah, it, just like you said, you don't want to ruin your trip because you get sick. And on top of that, a lot of people get sick after the fact. You know, they go home and then they realize 
something hitchhiked well, with for them. For the I most mean, part, you know, a lot of things, you know, other than you know, food poisoning, a lot of things take a few days and sometimes even we have a gestation period. Um, except for, you know, instant kind of poison things such as food poisoning uh, that set on very quickly within a few hours. For the most part, things have that infestation. So that's why, you know, a lot of times if someone's sick at work, it isn't an immediate thing. It's something that's been growing. It will happen over time. Um, it isn't usually just first contact. So then, you know, it happens, then you come home, and then you get other people sick. So, you know, it's it's just all these things, and you have no idea where you could contract it or how bad the strain. So best things is just to take these simple precautions and, um, yeah, and again be proactive really, be proactive exactly. and take precautions right exactly yeah because uh, you know I think the thing that bothers me the most about traveling is the fact that you could bring home a an actual live critter a bug you know you could bring home that that one or two cockroaches that now turn into a thousand cockroaches or you oh, or you bring oh, home that, that bed so bug. Gross. I mean that just freaks me out. That really just freaks me out. And you know, in that light, there's this is something else that people might want to think about is when you do get home, whatever has um, been like whatever you've hung in the closet, you know, if you've or things that have been on the floor or shoes or whatever, yeah. you you might want to consider washing, you know, washing everything or taking them to the cleaners and just making sure that, that you haven't had any um, any traveling visitors accompany you on your way back to your abode, right? No, that's a great thing. Yeah, a last kind of tip thing is when you get home, even things you may not have worn, still wash them because, again, other bacteria, things are gonna, and you don't, you know, and as if you're like me, you usually travel with your favorite things. So you don't want them to be, you know, filled with some kind of something that you open it later and it's just disgusting and gross, um, or it will get you sick or it brought home some kind of bug on it. So wash your clothes when you get home, everything, even worn or not. I like it. I think that is really great. Well, wonderful segment. Give out the websites. Most definitely, you're to be as well as be and when we come back from break, we have more for you. We're going to talk about the art of listening and why it's a lost art and how you can find it. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Heather Rennie. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Don't go away. The star you are. The star you are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame. 
Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star Get your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Just getting back to what Heather and I were talking about in our T for Two Health Matters about keeping germs at bay, I had a couple extra tips for when you travel. If you're going to use that remote control, bring a Ziploc bag and just stick it in the Ziploc bag. And that way you don't even have to worry about it. You can still push push the buttons through the Ziploc. And another thought is, you know, I I just recently stayed in a hotel. I had a great big jacuzzi tub, but I didn't take it because I didn't feel like cleaning the tub. Even though it looks clean, you're not so sure that that tub really is clean. So you might want to use those wipes or some Clorox or something like that. So again, uh, read the reviews of uh, hotels, but also just be be careful when you are traveling. You don't want to bring any of those things back. Well, listening has become a rather lost art. And sometimes, you know, people are talking to us and all we hear is blah, 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 blah. We tend to tune people out very often. And uh, especially, it seems like after the holidays, I mean, during the holidays, there's so many relatives and so many friends and, and parties. And it's just a noisy, noisy time. There's opinions are flying all over the place. And you're hearing the same stories over and over again. And so it's kind of tempting to check out. But what we want to keep in mind, especially as we get into this new year, is this great opportunity to cultivate our listening skills. And by cultivating them, we really are going to improve everything in our lives. Because when you're a good listener, you improve your relationships, uh, whether they're personal or professional. And we actually end up learning a lot. It's a busy world out there, and we all have our own agendas. But when we really listen It is one of the best ways to show people how much we care and how important they are to us. You know, it's about being mindful. We talk about mindful eating and mindful being, but there is such a thing as focusing on the other person, processing the information, and stepping away from all that internal and external distraction and all those other things that are going on in our head. Now, I know some people are actually really good listeners. A lot of times... Very quiet people are, but for most of us, it takes a little bit of guidance. I know, you know, I always think or I I strive to be a good listener, but sometimes people are talking and they talk so slowly and you just want to finish the sentence for them or you know what's coming. (laughs) So it's hard. So, you know, why is it so hard for us to listen 
Well, there are a few reasons for it, and I'm going to give you some of those. And then I'm also going to give you some strategies that will help you become a better listener. First of all, one of the reasons it's hard to listen is that we actually think faster than we hear. The average human listens at a rate of 125 to 250 words a minute. But get this. We think at speeds of up to 3,000 words a minute. And I know that that is me because I, it is, I am a really, really t- a fast typer. But, and when I think, I just type really, really fast. But I can't speak as quickly as I can uh, type, actually. And which is interesting because I think I speak pretty quickly. But when you're using 3,000 words a minute in your thoughts, but you can only listen at 125 to 250, no wonder that our heads start spinning because that is 10 times the speed of the conversation that you're having with the human in front of you. So you kind of go a little bit crazy. And this is why you want to finish sentences because you've already gotten to the end of the sentence. The second reason is we really do get distracted by our personal thoughts and our personal baggage, so to speak. Although we might think that we are really and truly mindfully listening to someone, maybe we're actually thinking about past experiences with them, or we're trying to make a judgment, or we're even trying to fix the situation, or so often we're trying to think of what is going to be the next thing we are going to say. So you want to sound like you're smart, so maybe you're trying to think of that, you know, that next smart thing. But in other words, You're giving too much attention to the feelings that are surrounding yourself with this person and you're really not paying attention to what is in the moment. Another big reason, and this one I think everyone will agree on, is technology has just sped up our world and it has really created havoc with our focus. Our attention spans are fractioned now. It used to be and I remember when I first got into the acting business, we, you, we always talk about speaking in sound bites. Those are little bits of uh, pieces, you know, 60 seconds or less so that people can really get it. And then we used to say that you didn't want to talk to people longer than what it would be a commercial. So, uh, I mean, a, a commercial break between, you know, shows, which could be three or four minutes. But now nobody has time for that. Everybody fast forwards. So... We, we, we're texting, we have these tweets that, what, are 142 characters or whatever. Emails, everything is so short that nothing is demanded of us. So we have a habit of scrolling and moving to the bottom and actually skipping through a lot of information. And that's how we have become in listening too. But the reality is we can't really scroll through what somebody is saying to us. We really have to open our ears and listen, but it's harder and harder because we're being trained to do otherwise. So we know that it is rude, you know, to check our texts or our messages or any of that when we're talking to people, but how often do you find people doing that? You know, it's so often I'll be in a meeting or something and somebody, you know, they'll get a, a text or they get a phone and they, they say, oh, they have to take this. I, I personally turn everything off when I'm in a meeting because I figure we have to give our full attention. 
I do feel that that is the correct way. When you're in a meeting, you really need to focus on what that's about. Otherwise, you're going to have to come back to it again. And what's going to happen is you're going to feel less connected, less empathy, and you're going to um, actually put a a bar between whoever you're speaking with, whether it's a personal or business. So, you know, it diverts your attention when you have your phone with you and you are accepting texts or emails or uh, phone calls, even if it's on vibrate. Now, we have to learn to listen with purpose. When you're watching a TV show, your inner voice stays quiet because we get wrapped up in the plots and the characters and, you know, and the storyline of a show. But if you're talking to an uncle about their fishing trip, it might not be as exciting as watching something on TV. So what happens is we tend to get distracted. So a lot of people, you know, they feel that they have to nod or raise their eyebrows or go, uh-huh, to show they're paying attention. But when you're really invested in an experience, then your appropriate facial expression will just occur naturally. So the key to really listening is to make eye contact with whoever you're speaking with and then practice being mindful. Whether you're in the car or, you know, doing dishes or doing laundry or whatever it is, turn off the radio, talk out loud to yourself about what you learned and think about how you can listen better. You need to train your brain not to only hear the words, but to also process the meaning of them. So here are some listening strategies for any type of situation that you might need. Because we are all attentive when the content is something that we really want to hear. You know, if, if we're dying to hear a story from a friend or if somebody's praising us, we definitely want to hear that. But not all things that are said are worth listening to or we want to be in conversation with it. So especially with family members, you know, it's kind of hard sometimes because as much as we love family, sometimes if they weren't related to us, we wouldn't be friends with them, right? And sometimes there's serious talks or there's talks that are focused on Uh, disagreements, you know, whether it's religion or politics or relationships or whatever. But we do have to learn to set a minimal amount of distractions. You know, if you're in your living room or your kitchen, you might just, you know, you'll, you'll see that dishes have to be done or something needs to be dusted. So if you have to have a serious conversation with a family member, suggest going for a walk. And Try to let the other person talk without jumping in right away and stop the contradicting. Uh, Some of the things that bother me the most is when I'm speaking and somebody always has to interject something of a little more detail or contradict and say, well, it wasn't exactly right. It wasn't 2 o'clock. It was 2.04. You know what? What difference does it make? (laughs) It doesn't really matter. So don't contradict people. Look for understanding and don't make the mistake of listening for what's wrong and then building an argument against it. What you want to always try to look for the positive, especially if you're trying to improve a communication in a relationship. You know, uh, lawyers can be, can be argumentative, but we don't want to be in our personal relationships or business relationships. 
So we want to process the information, build a commonality, and then ask appropriate questions or make appropriate comments. And of course, we have to learn not to be afraid of silences. Sometimes those pauses give us a chance to organize our thoughts. And just like in music, it's pauses that make the, the music. If we just kind of run on with something, then it just is becomes like a run-on sentence and it doesn't make much sense. Now, small talk. When you go to parties or, you know, you're at work and you're around the water cooler, there's a lot of just chit-chat. And that's just the way life is. You know, the, the regular thing is when you t- talk to somebody you haven't seen for a long time, you might ask them, you know, how their family is, uh, did they have any traffic getting to work, what's the weather like? I mean, the weather's kind of a big thing because the weather's changing all over the United States all the time. I'm always interested in the weather. But deep listening isn't always about just that. It's You have to give 100% to everybody you're speaking to and every at every moment, and that's what really listening is about. Uh, if you you would just get exhausted if you only had small talk all the time because that nothing really gets accomplished. So, you know, always see if you can ask some questions that are going to dive just a little bit deeper. Now, what about the dinner table chatter? I, I know in our family we're a big, loud, boisterous family, and. Some families, I mean, we're Italian, so everybody talks at one time. I mean, we all have bells that we ring. We're supposed to, whoever rings the bell is supposed to have the time to talk. But unfortunately, since everybody has a bell, everybody's ringing the bell. So now not only is everybody speaking at the same time, everybody's ringing their bell at the same time. So <laughs> talk about really, really noisy. Um, that That's a, a challenge for people to listen. So at when you have a challenge like that, Sometimes it's just best to stop and to listen with curiosity. I find for myself that I actually have a lot of fun listening to what's going on with the rest of the family members, the siblings and nieces and nephews and, you know, people's grandkids and what's going on at work. And I tend to learn something. So when you spend time observing, you can pick up at least a little bit of new information and What's interesting is you don't really have to participate that much because it's still enriching and enjoyable just by listening to to what's going on. And sometimes that noise level um, might even recharge you when it comes to your time to speak. Now, the opposite, I know families who sit down at meals and then nobody talks. For me, coming from a loud, boisterous family, I find that very, very uncomfortable for, for people who are from a quiet family, going to a family that is nonstop talking, that's very uncomfortable. So whatever it is that you're, you know, that you're used to, if you're in a quiet family, maybe it's your chance to ask a question and then listen carefully to what the people have to say. Now, when it comes to kids, one of the greatest gifts that we can give kids is our undivided attention. And make it be completely non-judgmental. Whether we are speaking with a child who is telling us about the flying dinosaurs, or whether we're listening to a teenager, you know, talk about uh, their la- their latest um, cheerleading game or or um, a swim meet or something. 
whatever it is, you want to be really interested. So you want to resist the temptation to steer the conversation to what you think that youngster should be talking about. But instead, just listen and comment. Don't judge the kids. Just accept the reality of where they're coming from. And even if it has absolutely zero interest to you, it's kind of fascinating to know what kids are thinking and to listen to their imagination. So maybe encourage them with a question or two, like if they are talking about flying dinosaurs, well, how do baby dinosaurs learn to fly? Do their parents teach them? Do they jump off a cliff? You know, just come up with something that can make it a little bit more interesting. It's only when people feel they have been heard and taken seriously that they can really put their own interests aside and then that, then they learn how to listen to someone else. So learning the gift of listening is just is very, very critical. If you feel if you are not being heard, there are some things that you can do. So let me give you a couple of those too. And those are stay on point. So once you have someone's attention, you might be tempted to cover all your concerns at once. But the more conversational balls that you throw in the air, it's going to become more difficult for people to focus and listen. In other words, don't keep changing the subject. Stick on one idea, focus on it, and just deliver one point at a time. Also, you don't want a monologue. What I'm doing right now is a monologue. <laughs> it's I'm just talking and I'm giving you tips, but the only reason I'm doing that is because that I'm not interviewing anybody right now. So this is a monologue. But if I'm talking to someone else, you want to help your listeners stay invested in the conversation by pausing every couple of minutes and asking a question and giving them time to space, uh, to, you know, some space to chime in. And then also you want to pick the right time. If you have something really important to say, you don't want to bring it up when your friend is in the middle of uh, a challenge, you know, always ask if it's a good time to talk. I have a really great girlfriend, and every time she calls me, as soon, as soon as she says hello, the first thing she'll say to me, is this a good time for us to talk? And it's a, a habit that I have picked up when I talk to somebody now. No matter who I call, I always ask them if this is a good time to chat. And if they say, gee, I only have a couple of minutes, and I can say, that's all I need, or you know what? Let's find a time that I can call you back. So the key here is asking for some clarification. You really want to make sure that it is the right time and that uh, the person has, has, uh, has that opportunity to really listen to you. Don't repeat the same point over and over and over and over and over again. Otherwise, the person turns out. Well, I uh, tunes out. That's something that happens pretty often is that we think that we need to make the same point again and again. You know, I really can't afford my rent. I, I, I just can't afford my rent. And, you know, you got to do something about that, blah, 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 blah. Pretty soon, it's like, I heard you once, I heard you twice, don't give it to me three times. And then know when to quit. Every person has a different attention span. It could be a few minutes, it can be a half an hour, it could be longer. But when you sense that your listener has maxed out, wrap it up and save the rest for another time. And I'm sure you have maxed out at this point, 
So we're going to go to break, and after we come back, we're going to be talking about the 21st uh, SAG Awards, Screen Actors Guild Awards, that will be happening this uh, Sunday. So you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We'll be right back. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. If you fear mistakes, you're bound to make them. Why? Because instead of playing to win, you're playing not to lose. Taking the safe path leads you down the wrong path. If you're trying not to lose or make mistakes, you're going to come up short. This attitude becomes a crutch that will negatively affect your sales approach. Change your mindset. Get your ideas down on paper and make a checklist. Mistakes are the first step to moving forward. There's no progress without mistakes, so just do it. Failure is success turned inside out. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a light that shines well you're listening to star style be the star you are we're coming to you live on the voice american network my name is Cynthia Bryan, and we are going to talk about the Screen Actors Guild Awards as well as the upcoming Academy Awards. Before we do, I just want to encourage you to tune into this week's episode of our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio, that focused on no bullying and no name calling. Our teens are just doing an amazing job. You can hear them on the Voice America Kids Network every Tuesday at noon. Pacific. You can also find the shows as well as photos and descriptions, links and more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Well, the Screen Actors Guild Awards uh, is going to air live on TNT and TBS this coming Sunday, January 25th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It is the 21st year that the Screen Actors Guild Awards have been in existence, and I've been privileged uh, to vote, as Heather has as well, every single year since inception. And this is the only awards um, uh, category where 
it's actors voting for other actors. It's actually performers and the industry that votes on the industry. So I find it that I find it very, very interesting because it's a peer evaluation. It does follow fairly closely. Um, well, actually, Academy Awards are announced after the SAG uh, nominees are announced, and very often they are very close. This year there is a few differences, and I'm going to talk about them here. But before the televised ceremony coming up this Sunday, January 25th, recipients of the television and film stunt ensembles will be announced from the red carpet at the red carpet pre-show, and that's going to be webcast live on sagawards.tntdrama.com and at people.com beginning at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific because People Magazine is also a, a sponsor of the awards. Well, last year uh, for the 20th uh, um, annual awards, I was really, really excited. I just was crazy about all the films. And from the get-go, I knew that 12 Years a Slave, I just felt that was such a forerunner for um, just, you know, the best, best uh, picture and I mean, I just thought it was an amazing, amazing movie, as well as when Dallas, um, what was it, the Dallas Club, whatever that was, that was also really good. This year, I wasn't as excited about films, but um, I'm going to tell you what the nominees are and the ones that I personally liked and what I voted for. And then we'll also talk about what's in the Academy Awards. So this year... There's an outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture, and the cast that is uh, that are nominated are Birdman, Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, Imitation Game, and The Theory of Everything. What's different about this is instead of just calling it a best picture, we have a best performance by a cast, and I think that is interesting because it really is identifying that everybody in the cast is really, really critical and everybody is important. And so that's, um, that's something for the Screen Actors Guild. The outstanding performance by a male actor in a leading role, they have Steve Carroll for Foxcatcher, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Imitation Game, Jake Gyllenhaal for Nightcrawler, Michael Keaton for Birdman, and Eddie Redmayne, The Theory of Everything. Now, you might have already read that both Birdman and Boyhood are being considered as the um, forerunners for the Academy Awards as winning the best picture. Although I thought they were both good, my personal favorite was The Theory of Everything. I thought that was just an unbelievable, fabulous movie and Eddie Redmayne um, really deserved to to win the uh, Academy Award as well as the uh, SAG Award for the leading actor. I thought the Imitation Game was also terrific. I didn't really I, Birdman. I liked it, but I didn't like it that much. Boyhood was a movie that was over twelve years in the making, so interesting. Grand Budapest Hotel. I actually walked out of that one, and I just didn't find it funny and all of that. So I was kind of shocked that it's nominated for both the Academy Award as well as the SAG Award. In addition, at the Academy Award, which is going to be the 87th Academy Award, American Sniper is included there and Whiplash, um, as well as Selma. 
Now, Whiplash is also fantastic about a, a music school and highly recommend you seeing that. Uh, let's see, who else did I really love in the acting? I thought Benedict Cumberbatch did a great do- job in the imitation game. Performance by a female actor in a leading role, hands down Julianne Moore in Still Alice. You know, I've worked with her a couple of times in films, and I have thought she was good. I've never been a huge fan of hers, but I really thought she was amazing in this. I just saw Cake last night with Jennifer Aniston, and Cake, that was, she did a great performance, but I didn't, they call it a dark comedy. I didn't find it funny at all. And uh, Witherspoon in Wild, you know, Wild just didn't do anything for me. And Gone Girl, uh, Rosamund Pike was nominated. And she was, you know, she was fine, but Gone Girl is just too dark for me. And The Theory of Everything, Felicity Jones, and she was, she was really quite good in it. But Julianna Moore, no, no doubt about it. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a supporting role, Robert Duvall as the judge, he was phenomenal. Ethan Hawke in Boyhood, you know, Ethan Hawke was Ethan Hawke to me. He was the same in Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, all of that. Um, And I thought he was good, but, you know, uh, not to me Academy Award uh, nominee. Ed Norton, he's always scary if he's from Birdman. Mark Ruffalo, Foxcatcher. Mark is just such a great actor. But to me, the one that takes it, I think it's a toss-up between J.K. Simmons in Whiplash playing Fletcher. He was just nasty. I mean, I hated him. And Robert Duvall in The Judge. But we'll see who takes it. Again, everybody seems to really be loving uh, Boyhood and Birdman this year. Outstanding performance by a female actor in a supporting role. We have Patricia Arquette for Boyhood, Kira Knightley for The Imitation Game, Emma Stone for Birdman, Naomi Watts for St. Vincent, and Meryl Streep for Into the Woods. St. Vincent was just, I thought, a very sad movie. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't even know how it it really got nominated there. Naomi Watts was good in it. Emma Stone in Birdman, she was was good. I think I liked uh, Kira Knightley the most in Imitation Game because I felt Patricia Arquette in Boyhead was, again, like Ethan Hawke, just kind of plain Patricia Arquette. Then with the, with the SAG Awards, we go to television, and they, they do an outstanding performance by an ensemble in a drama series. And nominated were Boardwalk Empire, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, Homeland, House of Cards. All of those were just are really, really great. Uh, it's hard to decide between Downton Abbey and... Homeland and, and Game of Thrones because they are all so great. But I kind of think I would go with Jonathan Abbey there. An outstanding performance by an ensemble in a comedy series. Big Bang Theory, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Modern Family, Orange is the New Black, and Veep. You know, as much as I like Big Bang and Modern Family, I'm getting a little tired of them. The, the jokes are just getting old, and I feel like it's just been there, done that. But Orange is the New Black is just exciting, and I thought that that was my vote. Outstanding performance by a male actor in a drama series. There was uh, Steve Buscemi for Boardwalk Empire, Peter Dinklage, Game of Thrones, Woody Harrelson, True Detective, Matthew McConaughey, True Detective, and Kevin Spacey, House of Cards. Although they're all really great, I give it to Peter in Game of Thrones. He, his character has developed so much. 
and outstanding performance by a female actor in a drama series, Claire Danes' Homeland, Viola Davis, How to Get Away with Murder, Juliana Marquez with The Good Wife, um, Tatania Meslani, Orphan Black, Maggie Smith, Downton Abbey, and Robin White, House of Cards. I don't know. I think it's between Claire Danes and Maggie Smith. It's, that was a hard one. Well, there's definitely more that you can read about. You can go to sagawards.org. We want you to tune in on Sunday, uh, the January 25th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And then, of course, the Academy Awards will be coming up. The 87th Academy Awards are coming up soon, and several of these same movies are nominated. And we actually, they actually often follow what's happening with the SAG Awards. So have fun. Thank you so much for joining me here on Star Style. Be the star you are. Make sure that you're tuned in to Voice America every Wednesday from 4 to 5 so that you can hear Heather and I giving you tips and hopefully some great advice on how to live a star style life. To make a donation to Be the Star You Are, go to be the star you are dot org to to uh, to to find out more about Star Style, Be the Star You Are, please um, visit StarStyleRadio.com or go to StarStyleProductions.com. Our aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate you. We hope that you will pick up a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. And perhaps since we're getting close to... Valentine's Pick Up, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. Until next week, when we celebrate again, remember, love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you, and I encourage you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, make a difference. Be the star you the star you are, be the star It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.